It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live. It's Monday afternoon. The show is presented. No, it's not presented by anybody right now. We'll, we'll hope to fill <laughs> It's presented that by ad- us. <laughs> well, yeah, we hope to fill that advertising spot in just a second. But the script does have the old presenter on it. We're going to take that right out. Uh, thank you so much for being with us. We'll be here for the next hour to talk Giants football and, of course, headlines around the NFL. I'm Paul Dottino. He is Super Bowl champion partner Jeff Fiegels. I'm at Giants WFAN. He is at Jay Fiegels. You can also hit us up on hashtag Giants chat. Our phone number, if you do want to participate, is 973-667-1960. 973-667-1960. Jot it down. Be quick on the fingers, and you may just beat Charlie onto the phone line. As a reminder, you can find an archive of this show and our entire podcast network brought to you by Investors Bank on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, at Giants.com slash podcasts. Mr. Fiegel's tomorrow is mm. the deadline. Is the deadline Maybe. for the franchise tags. Yeah, potentially. Um, we will talk about the news that has just come down this morning in just a bit, but I do uh, just want to get your take on uh, the fact that, uh, hey, you know what? At this point, Giants haven't done anything, and they still have a couple of very high-profile free agents out there in Tomlinson and Williams. Well, they're not the only ones that haven't done anything. There's only one team that's franchised a guy, and that's Justin Simmons from the Broncos. Yep. So, I mean, this is kind of – I think this is the way it's going to be for the for free agency too, Paul, and I won't get into that much, but I feel like free agency is going to be a, a one-year deal. People are going to wait, you know, because this whole salary cap thing – has a big burden on a lot of the future of signing guys today. You know what I mean? So I think it's going to be a little bit of a waiting game. And, um, you know, the news today, like, that you'll be reporting, I'm not going to go through that. But, yeah, so tomorrow's the day. The Giants got to make up their decision what they want to do with uh, Leonard Williams. So it's either going to be an exclusive or it's going to be a non-exclusive, right? So um, Mm -hmm. we're going to see what happens there. And um, you saw last week as it began that we thought it would is, is a little bit of, Trying to come up with some more money, some releases of some players on the team, and a lot of teams are doing that right now because they want to be able to sign, like the Giants, both their two guys, which would be Tomlinson and Williams. So we'll see what happens. But it's an exciting time around the league because a lot of these players, if they're not going to get franchised, a lot of things that we talk about, like which wide receivers are going to be there? Is Robinson going to be there? Is Gallaudet going to be there? Who's going to be there? And we're going right. to find out very soon. Well, Ian Rappaport of NFL Network this morning put out a tweet, and let me see if I got the timing on this. It was uh, 8.49 a.m. Eastern Time. He says here, and I quote him, uh, if the official salary cap number doesn't come today and soon, the NFL will have to move back the deadline to franchise tag players from Tuesday, again, tomorrow, 4 o'clock, New York time. It's a situation several GMs are bracing for and would further stall business for a bit. So what we have is a situation where, for those folks who haven't followed this, the original projection was that the salary cap of about 195 mil could go up to almost 210 mil before the pandemic had hit. Then the pandemic hit, and obviously the league took a, a gut punch. 
And then they said, okay, well, now we're going to have to move the, uh, the basement of the salary cap down. And they were talking 175, 180, let's see what it's going to be. And then, I guess it was last week, the Players Association came out with a uh, conference call, and they were suggesting probably somewhere in the low 180s is where it will land. But, again, without an official number, and we've discussed this before, too. I mean, you even have Leonard Williams, who's got that grievance going as to what his tag from 2020 mm-hmm. was supposed to be paid at. It boggles my mind that, you know, you can't move forward with your league business until these numbers have been calculated and are put on the bulletin board. And to me, it's, it's, it's inexplicable, and I don't understand why it's so sticky. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, where is this TV money? We've been hearing about the new TV money. Is it going to hit? So I think that's one thing. I, 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 have, a, I have a good feeling that this is going to get pushed back. You know, last year – um, it was pushed back five or four days. So, you know, maybe that happens again this year. In fact, I, I think it's going to. I mean, they, they got to, like you said, there's a lot of things that still have to be um, cleared up. You know, this grievance, I know, how do you move on from that? I mean, with Leonard Williams from last year. And by the way, that was just, you know, am I a defensive lineman or am I a defensive end, you know, an interior guy yeah. or whatever. So, um, and, and by the way, that makes a lot, a lot, a big difference. It also makes a big difference, Paul. If you're franchised a second time, you know, so, you know. 120% of your first tag. Yeah, so that's going to be a little bit more for, you know, in a perfect world, you hope that you can get, you, and the Giants have pretty much have come out and said this. I mean, we've heard it from everybody that they want to sign Leonard Williams back to a long-term deal, and if they could do that and be able to have a little bit extra money left over to maybe franchise tag Tomlinson. So, you know, and that's kind of way, I think that's the way it's going to work if they ultimately get there. They got to just got to find the money. Now, you know, one of the things that we always talk about is that teams will often use a franchise tag or a transition tag, if you will, to basically buy time to negotiate a multi-year deal with a player. The only issue with that is, and of course, it becomes a bigger issue this year with the shrinking cap, is that if you're buying time, well, that's fine, but it's a costly expense because with the shrinking cap, you will have more days to negotiate that new deal, but you're really handcuffing yourself because now that money is tied up until you negotiate that new deal and you have even less free money Mm -hmm. to try to sign other players during that time frame. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes it more important to get those guys signed right away. And, and, And believe me, they're trying to do it. Uh, you know how a contract, you've been around it forever. It's just it's not that easy. There's so much language that has to be ironed out. The numbers, the term, it's usually that sticking point of that last year on the contract. They want it, they want it or they don't want it. How much money is going to be guaranteed up front? So lots that goes into it, and they're, they're on a timeline here. They've they got to really go soon. Um, Paul, identify just real quickly because I, I, I think I have it, but, you know, for the, for the people listening – you know, if you are um, if you're a franchise, then you know they're gonna. They're, what are the two? What are the two ones? Some other team can now. If you are, is it non-exclusive? Uh, what is the one? The transition well, if you're, tag. If you're exclusive. Exclusive. That's ex- what I was trying to. Th- yeah. Then, then they nobody else can talk to you. If you right. If you know, if you're non-exclusive as a franchise tag, mm-hmm. you can negotiate with other teams. But then you're talking about a two two first round draft. That's right. Compensation. That's right. If if you leave. Yeah. 
and know, and the team and the current team has the right to match any other offer that they're giving. Um, so it gives the player an idea that they can go out and get another team to give them something. Um, then they have leverage going back to their current team. So, you know, because the Players Association, they want to use this as an advantage to the players, and they don't want to have all the advantage to the teams. So with this in mind, you'd be able to go back to your own team and say, hey, the Dallas Cowboys want me to come and play for them. They've offered me X. Do you want to do it? And if they say no, then the Cowboys are going to have to give that deal and the two first-round draft picks, which is really hard to do. Right, it's now, been done. I, it's now, been done. For a moment – Let's just pretend. Okay. And I don't want to spend too much time on this. I don't yeah. actually want to go around the whole league because it looks like it's a fluid situation and it probably will change. So I don't think it really is prudent to go through the whole league and do the whole exercise. But I can say that at least for the NFC East, let's assume for the sake of a hypothetical that the tag does have to be done by tomorrow. Let's okay. just say it's going to hold. Mm-hmm. All right. Do you tag Leonard Williams or Tomlinson? And I know John's producing on the other side here, so we'll certainly get John's input on this too. He's, you know, we, we've been all talking about this now for months. So, you know, if it is tomorrow, if the deadline comes to pass, are you tagging one of those two guys and which one? So I'll start with you, Jeff. Yeah, sure. No, I, I think you – it, and you kind of have this conversation with a lot of people is that, you know, the Giants have so many other needs. Is it prudent for them to go ahead and, and do this? Um, and I think they should. Now, I've, I've told you before, I think, that the, I think that they should tag Tomlinson and not Leonard Williams. Um, that's just my thing. Now, I hope they can maybe sign Leonard Williams and then tag Tomlinson. That's what I would do. But my answer to you is yes, I really do. Um, remember, uh, Williams, he's young. He's still only 26 years old, I think. So he's got a lot of upside to him. And then not to mention, you know, Tomlinson is also young. So I would say yes. How about you? All right. Uh, my take on this is I think that Williams is much harder to replace. So in all likelihood, if I really had to and the backs were against the wall, I would tag Williams to try to buy more time to get that deal done. The problem is I do think if you tag Tomlinson, it's a lower tag, which then does free up a little more money to try to do some business at the beginning of free agency. We all know the optimum solution is not having to tag either one of them. But I think I would probably, if, if I had to, I would tag Williams. John, I suspect you're you're on the same page there. Yeah, because I just don't think the Williams tag is out of line with what his uh, eventual annual salary is probably going to be, Paul, right? I think yeah. it's going to be in that ballpark. So Around 20. Yeah, give or take. And I think his franchise tag, depending on what happens with the grievance you mentioned, will be around you know 18-ish, right, give or take. So that's something you can live with. Um, but I will say this, too. It is a pretty deep edge class in free agency, right? Mm-hmm. And you're never going to find a pass rushing defensive tackle like Leonard Williams. That's absolutely true. You're not. But do the Giants think they can maybe get two edge rushers that are on the middle of the market that they think will give them just as much sack production as Williams? And then you can obviously, without the tag, structure those contracts differently to get the cap number down in the first year. That is something they could think about too, right? Would they do they see anybody else on the market that they think they could get at a better value cost 
that can give you the same pass rush value. Now, they're probably not going to be the same level of all-around player as Williams in terms of ability to stop the run and rush the pass. They're certainly not from the interior and from the edge when Williams does do that occasionally. So, yes, I think I would definitely err on the side of tagging Williams because if you tag Tomlinson, I think you're probably that tag's probably bigger than what his annual salary is going to be. So I, I agree. I, I'd, I'd worry about that. So if I was going to tag, one of them would be Williams. But, again, I think it depends what else you want to do. Um, my guess is that if I had to get, take a guess, I think he they will not let him enter the free agent market completely unrestricted. Yeah, and I think as far as the draft is concerned, you know, to me the entire edge rushing class is boom or bust. I really believe that. But, but I also see that there are several, and you're going to be able to go a few rounds deep to find limited role-playing, run-stopping defensive tackles, which is, to me, one of the reasons why I think it's easier to replace Tomlinson. Well, and and, and, and that's always the case, right? I mean, yeah. run-stopping defensive tackles are also, also always easier to find. You they can don't find come them as in a premium. for a low number two. Sure. That's something you can do. And by the way, I should mention, I had some user error on my end, so we lost about the first. I have it on tape, so it'll be up on the podcast. But we lost, like, the first five minutes of the show live. Okay. So just wanted to <laughs> let you know, that's on me. Thank you, John. Didn't click on mute. My bad. <laughs> that's what happens. It happens. Uh, all right. Let's just finish out the NFC East because Dak Prescott is the big headline that everybody is watching, and his tag number is going to be well over $37 million. Uh, Look, I've made it very clear. I don't think you pay great money to a guy who's just a good quarterback. I think his number is overinflated by a whole lot. And if I were the Dallas Cowboys, I would not give it to him. But I understand that there are a lot of people out there who say, how can you let this guy walk out the door? Jeff? Mm, I I agree. I mean, basically, they've they've created their own mess here. Um, And so I think for them to get out of it, they need to sign him. Look what happened last year with that team. I mean, that team is lost without him. Um, yeah, can you go get another a replacement for him for, I don't know, $20 million? Sure, I probably could, but, you know, that's the going rate. Um, I think that the team likes him. I mean, he's, he's, and, and he is not, he's not Tom Brady, Joe Montana, all the, you know, Aaron Rodgers or those kind of guys, but he is a good, serviceable, good, very good quarterback. Um, and I think that, you know, He'll be the best in the NFC East, you know that, of all the all of them that are there. So it's they're gonna have to cut a lot of players to get to that number. But I think that Jerry Jones and his boys, they're they've got to find a way to sign him. No, I, I will really say do. this, Paul. I think it's a no brainer to franchise him this year. Because mm-hmm. thirty nine and a half you know, what is his tag at thirty eight this year, thirty seven point nine? Just under seven seven. Yeah, That's just not like ridiculous. Yeah. It's it's not where you want it, but it's not ridiculous, right? But would I give him the Deshaun Watson contract he's looking for at $40 million a year? I would be very hesitant to do that. But I think that what most people are missing here is that the last thing they can do is let him leave for nothing. So if no you're question. not going to sign him long term, don't you have to trade him? I mean, you can't let him walk away for nothing. So you either have to make that. I think you have to make that decision now. Where if you don't think you can get a long-term, even next year, you know how these negotiations are going. You know what what it's going to be. If you don't think you can get that deal done long-term, don't you have to tag and trade him now? That's an interesting thought, John. Because Mm -hmm. think of it, next year, and this is another thing I think is interesting to discuss, right? If the cap goes up 
as much as $25 million. Let's say it goes up like to 210 next year, which is not out of the realm of possibility, right? No, absolutely not, especially with the TV money coming right. in. So let's say it skyrockets up $25 million. Would it be possible for them next year to tag and trade him at 50? The, his tag <sighs> number goes up 11, <sighs> but if the cap goes up 25 or 30, now remember, you're not playing him at $50 million, but just... Right. Tag him so you can trade him. Just so Man. at least you get one first round pick back for him. Something like that. Who's That's why I think the Prescott thing is so interesting. Trade. Because you have to figure out a way to get something back for him. You cannot do what Washington did and let Kirk Cousins leave for nothing. That's not good player and asset management. Well, Jane Slater of NFL Network uh, was on last night. And she said that for the first time during this whole Prescott scenario that's lasted over a year... She actually contacted people within the league instead of just talking to Cowboys reps and talking to some you know, local agents. She said she contacted people around the NFL and said, where do you think Dak Prescott's value is? And they were more along the lines of what I felt, that he is not a top five quarterback in the NFL and should not be paid that. But he's probably the, around, the, what, like the 10th best? She said that the, 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 the consensus was he probably falls somewhere between 6 and 10. Right. I think okay. that's fair. I top agree with 10. That. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, the kind of numbers that he's asking for are not 6 to 10. His no, he, numbers, want, he wants, he to, wants be to be top sec- three. He wants to be second or third with Watson yeah. and Mahomes. Exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, so... You know, if you're the Cowboys, where where do you have to stand on that? Well, right, the question so, is, too, will he get that on the open market? No. Yeah, I don't know. That's why the franchise coming Coming off of ankle surgery, I would think no, to be honest with you. I would think no, but then again, I'm not a huge fan anyway, so I'm the wrong guy to ask. But it, right. it, it, look, it, it's a real interesting dance, right? When you have it something is. like this, it's it's. I understand why people are obsessed with it. It, it. It's fascinating, and the history, by the way, is also interesting because if you really look back, Jerry Jones, if he wants a player, he has never let that player leave. That's ever. correct. Yeah, that is correct. Yeah. All right, we go to the Philadelphia Eagles, and I don't think they've got anybody to franchise tag. Is there anybody on their free agency list that you would look at, Jeff? No, I wouldn't. Not at all. I mean, if you no, I would not. Well, no. Zach Ertz is the I mean, they, they, gonna, they're not going to franchise Zach Ertz, but they could trade Zach Ertz in the next two they days. They could. Um, you know, I mean, any of their offensive linemen, their defensive linemen. I mean, Fletcher Cox, maybe. I, I, but I know he's not a free agent, so I mean, no, there's nobody there. I don't know. Yeah, I don't see anybody there either. So for me, the the Eagles are a no tag team. All right, what about the Washington football team? How do you feel about them potentially franchising somebody? And I think when you look at their roster, you know, I've seen suggestions online that say Ronald Darby, the cornerback, who has played well for them, well, that's a lot would, for be someone, would be someone to consider. I would not do it. No, me neither. I would do Brandon uh, Scherf. I know he was... I think they, I mean they need to solidify that offensive line and keep him there. Now um, that number is going to put him upwards between eighteen and nineteen mil, mm-hmm. because it's a second tag on him. Now they have a lot of cap space though too, right, Paul? Washington. They do. They do. I think. Look, I think Sheriff has to come back whether it's on a tag. Sheriff is like their version of Leonard Williams, right? Yes, yeah. I think that would be a last <laughs> case scenario or last ditch scenario if you had to. I agree with you, John. Now, let me ask you guys one more thing. I know you only want to do division, Paul, but I just want to give you the top three wide receivers. 
Gallaudet, Godwin, Allen Robinson, do any of those three hit free agency? None. I don't think they do. I no. think there's a chance at Godwin just yeah. because the Bucks have so many free agents that are good players. Well, Brady, I saw yesterday on one of the reports that came out, he's willing to redo his deal to help them out. Well, given Brady's their you know, assistant general manager, I think that's probably a good chance Correct. of happening then. And given the fact that his, <laughs> his history with New England was that he was willing to take less money yeah. and to redo deals to get guys to stay or to come in. He makes so, more money off the field than he does on the field. Right. So, yeah, so he's going to do it. And he's he also has a it. wife that's a billionaire. Which <laughs> exactly. <laughs> By the Where way, Paul, look, real, Paul uh, real, real quick before I step aside here and you guys take calls, let me just plug something real quick if you don't mind. Go. Um, Giant Total Podcast. You should check out the last two episodes. Um, on Friday, we posted up Sean O'Hara. He previews for agency with me. And also, that is the last Giants Rewind podcast, everybody. Right. So the Giants Rewind podcast does not exist anymore. Uh, we're basically going to take all the interviews we used to do for that, and we're kind of sliding them into the Giants huddle. So if you're not a subscriber to the Giants huddle, make sure you subscribe. And then the one we put up today, we haven't had him on before, Paul, but we're all familiar with him, Bruce Feldman, who's a great college football reporter for mm -hmm. The Athletic and Fox Sports. Every year, he comes out with his quote-unquote freaks list, right? which is the best athletes in college football. So I thought it would be fun, since we didn't have a combine, we kind of played the what-if, what-if game with Bruce, where if there was a combine, what some of the top athletes that are coming out in the draft this year would have done. So make sure you check that out in the Giants subtle. And he also, Paul, talked about, which is interesting, I said you guys listen to this too. Um, he did a big story on The Athletic about how, no surprise, it's Alabama who's really investing in some of this GPS data and, like, sports science type stuff. Okay. And he really thinks that we're going to get to a point here where the athletic testing events at the Combine are obsolete because they're developing technology here where they're able to do data collection for their own team and then the opposing team if the conferences all get uniform technology mm -hmm. where you can see – how quickly wide receivers come out of their breaks versus the cornerback covering them, how right. quickly the wide receiver will change direction in space. So you're almost getting the on – because, you know, our complaint about the combine is always what? They're not wearing pads. They're underwear Olympics and all Correct. that stuff, right? Correct. So you're getting the testing from the field with helmets, with pads, in-game situations that will give you exactly what you're looking for, straight-ahead speed, change yeah. of direction. Oof from on-field tracking data from GPS. What a great advantage. Yeah, no, and it's really fascinating. So I think if you folks, again, if you're a big blue kickoff fly fan, make sure you subscribe to the Giants Huddle. Uh, give it a five-star review if, if you're on Apple Podcasts. The, the, the interview with Bruce Feldman hit this morning. It's really, really good. And then later this week on the Giants Huddle, we're going to have uh, Joel Corey, the former agent, Paul, who we usually have on at the Combine. Mm -hmm. He'll be doing contract stuff with us. And then I just got word today that uh, Ian Rappaport will be joining me on Thursday to help preview free agency. So make sure you guys go out there and subscribe. Excellent nice. stuff. Thank you so much, John. And by the way, uh, I have continued to effort with Team Exos for the pro day that they had a week ago this past weekend. They had those three pro days around the country where they did a pseudo combine and ran through a bunch of tests with the players. Now, we've all talked about the questionable numbers that may be coming out of that. But nonetheless, I have efforted to get all of those results to this point. I've been in touch with those people. They continue to tell me they will forward them to me at some point. But mm. as of today, I have still not seen the numbers. Has there been 
a uh, a regional uh, medical thing yet or not? Not it, as of yet. Okay. They're hoping they're hoping to do something in April. Okay. And uh, you know that's the one thing that you know the combine was always meant to do was the medical. So yeah. Even if John is 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 uh, able, uh, his story uh, does come to fruition based on the information that he gathered in that program. You know that'd be wonderful if the NCAA could universally have those kinds of GPS measurements for everybody under game conditions. My goodness, I can't tell you how great that would be for every NFL scouting staff, but they're still going to need the medical checks. Oh, oh don't worry. The combine's That's... still happening. Yeah, <laughs> because it'll the still happen. In the interviews, it's still It'll happening. still happen. Absolutely. Well, they make money on it, too. And by the way, the other thing, too, is that there's some debate, which is interesting. Who owns that data? Oh. The players own that data because it's their own testing numbers. Would the yeah. conferences own it? Would the teams own it? Do they have to share with NFL teams? Are they allowed to share with NFL teams? Good so, question, So that, that's a whole other thing that would have to be figured out. And the, the company road. that provides the technology may say, well, now you have to buy that from us. That's another no. – Paul <laughs> is 100% way, right. No question. And yeah. don't, don't ever forget about the player. Remember, Northwestern started to do it years ago. You know what I'm saying, right? Oh, with the players saying that there, there may, I have the there, rights to my own information. There may be a time when you oh, know, my goodness. there might be a union as far as the, the, the All right. So. Well, I tell you what, before we get to our phone calls at 973-667-1960, we remind you that limited Giants season tickets are on sale now for the 2021 season. In addition to ticket savings, membership benefits also include access to exclusive events, experiences, pre-sales, and more. You can also lock in your seats starting at just $100. Call 800-NYG-1925, 800-NYG-1925, or visit Giants.com slash tickets for more information. And also, don't miss out on your chance to experience a premier hospitality experience watching Giants games and world-class concerts in 2021 as a Giants suite partner. Limited full-season ticket locations are available or place a deposit for individual games. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com suites for more information. All right, let's open up the phone lines, Jeff. We go to line one. Marty in Manahawkin, your first on the show. Hello. Hello, Marty. Hey. Hey, good afternoon, guys. How you doing? Very well. Uh, How are you? Uh, hanging in there. At least the snow's, the snow's gone down here, and I understand it's, uh, it's almost disappeared up in Bergen County. So good for you Very guys. grateful to see that stuff go away. I told you, we're already four shovel snow events or snow shoveling events for this winter, so I'm done. That's it. Yeah, we we got a little nervous down here. We had we had some uh, flurries Saturday in the morning, but thank God they they, they didn't oh. you know didn't do do anything. And Paul, by the way, you better have your shorts ready for later in the week, baby. Are you ready to go 60s. with your shorts, Paul? I I've, I, I got to get my five in today at some point, and then going sixty degrees for the next four days in a row, I believe. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a beautiful that'll, thing! That'll melt that white stuff. There, there we you go. go. Yep. What's go going ahead, on, Marty? Marty? Okay, I was uh, I was when I was talking to John, I was telling him I was surprised uh, that uh, you know Mac Mac Jones uh, for some reason I you know I don't see why they raid him where they raid him I I, I did some background on him and uh, his uh, his numbers and stuff are really good I mean I see him up near the top uh, you know the top three quarterbacks uh, in, in the draft uh, you know I see him in there somewhere now, maybe not the top but pretty close to it. And I was looking at his, you know, what he did, and you know, his his schedule 
first of all, he was at all SEC schedule last uh, last season, which uh, you know we all know how the SEC is. Uh, and whatever he did, he only he only did it really. Uh, he only had one healthy receiver the whole year. He, you know, it wasn't just. Uh, you know, he didn't have Waddle. He didn't, and uh, all he had was uh, Devonta Smith uh, for the whole the whole time. Uh, and then I look at you know, like his his intangibles, where he could, you know, where he why why he's such a good athlete. I mean, you know, say what you want, but he he comes from a tennis background, and he has uh, you know he has uh, quick feet in the pocket. And uh, the other thing I know I I also uh, read was that he processes the field uh, very. Uh, very quick, uh, which Hard is, uh, you know, yeah. he's just not then, sexy. Uh, that's just, that's the big deal about him. You know, he's not the, doesn't have the greatest arm in the world. Um, but you know, he's going to be your guy. Like I, I, I don't want to compare him to this, but it's, I, I, I like to, you know, he's your Alex Smith of, uh, of, of the NFL. I mean, he's a guy that's not going to put you in, in a lot of trouble. He doesn't have a great arm. He's going to manage the football game. He's very smart. Um, he's not very good outside the pocket. Um, but, you know, and in today's world, as you know, Marty, it's the sexy is the guy that can run the RPOs and can get outside the pocket and make plays with his feet. Now, not that he yeah. can't do that in a in a successful fashion, but he doesn't do it well. I think that's the yeah. thing we all agree. Yeah, Marty, you, you have to understand, right now, there are two schools of thoughts on quarterbacks. Yeah, exactly. There, there are the old school guys who value the pocket passer and all of the intangibles and put a tremendous amount of weight in maturity, poise, leadership, decision-making, accuracy, and all those kinds of things. Now, if you're a team that has an old-school philosophy and also wants to be a balanced team that's going to run and pass equally well and you've got at least a functional and sufficient offensive line, then Mac Jones is going to be the guy that you favor. You're going to rate him higher than some of these other guys who are who are coming out in the draft. Having said that, I still think he's a second round value for me. He would not be a first round pick. Now, really? if if you are one of these people who are in the nouveau camp, you're in the video game camp, okay, and you want the really long arm, you know, that's going to be able to whip it way downfield, and you want a guy who's going to be mobile and who's going to escape and not only run the RPOs, but he's going to be able to avoid traffic and then create something out of nothing, you know, those off-schedule plays that they talk about. Well, if you're really, really big on that, and, of course, the other thing is Mac Jones is also not your 6'3", 6'4", you know, 225-pound QB either. He's one on the smaller side like a Drew Brees, okay? If you value that style, it's almost like you want pepperoni or sausage on your pizza. There you go. Italian okay? phrases again. Well, you there know you I go. was coming back to food. Where is the, where is the oregano? Who's it the oregano comes, here? It, well, there's always oregano on it, okay? <laughs> but, but, you know, hey, there are some people out there, and God bless you folks, but you like pineapple pizza. I'm sorry, but that's criminal to me. But <laughs> yes, if, definitely. If, okay? But if you like pineapple pizza, okay, you're going to like that pineapple pizza more than you're going to like the pepperoni pizza or the sausage pizza. And that's the issue. Right now, the nouveau way is getting away from the kind of quarterback that Matt Jones is and the strengths that he shows. I'm with you. Quite frankly, after Trevor Lawrence, my next favorite quarterback on the board is Matt Jones. But, but again, I see him as a second-round pick. Yeah. 
All right, before I go off, I just wanted to, Paul, I know you, lo- I know you love watching the, the tight ends on film, and uh, I, I, I was watching this kid from Iowa State, this kid Dylan Soner, uh, 270 pounds. Uh, they, they rank him about uh, anywhere from 288 to uh, 324 in the, in the rankings. Uh, but he, he was interesting to watch. It uh, looks like an old throwback uh, tight end. Uh, Let's see here. It's I'm de- looking, definitely I'm worth a look. I will take a look. Iowa State tight end. I don't have him on my notes. I did not look at him. Mm-hmm. I've already announced on this program the six tight ends that really intrigue me, but I, I, will, I will seek him out. I promise you. Okay, guys. Uh, Thank you. Thanks, thanks for taking the call. Thanks, Marty. Have a, have a great day. Take care. Appreciate it. Be well. 973-667-1960 is our phone number. And really, that's part of the issue right now. We're in a transition in the National Football League, Jeff, where not only do you have different philosophies regarding what you want in a quarterback, but you have different philosophies as to what you want from a safety now. You have different philosophies as to what do you want from a running back. Because of the the substitution patterns and the intricacies of what a lot of these different offensive and defensive schemes bring to the table, you have a different emphasis on different parts of the guy's game. It's and, cause, it's cause you know, and effect. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a direct relation to that. That's exactly what it is. So when one offense, all these offenses start to create these mismatches by putting different types of players in different positions, the tight end now, the hybrid tight end as I call it, is no longer with his hand in the dirt all the time. He's in the backfield. He's out. He's in the slot. He's out wide. So what do you do on a personnel basis on the other side of the football? You've got to you've got to adjust like a chameleon too. Now you've got to find these these safeties that can come down and play, you know, in the boxes like an outside linebacker almost, and being able to cover these tight ends. Um, and the and next thing you know, you've got it's, it's it's a personnel thing. So now all of these guys are changing. So the quarterback position is right there with it. You know, I, I just feel like that it's a dying breed. These guys that are like the Mac Joneses of the world. And, um, you know, these guys just, uh, you know, but there is going to be a team, Paul, that's going to be like, you know what? I, I'm going to take my one. I need the smartest guy in the field who's not going to turn the football over, who's going to put me in the right plays. And then we're going to have a defense that plays well and we're going to win football games. That's where he's going to go. Well, look, we all know it's cyclical. Mm-hmm. Everything yeah. does go around and come around again. So at some point in time, okay, at some point in time, these video game running quarterbacks will go out of style. And it'll probably happen after three, four, or five of them wind up getting banged up. They get hurt. Their careers are short. They, they wind up killing their teams on salary cap because they committed big money to these guys who now can't play. And then all of a sudden, teams are going to go back to, uh, you know what, we really don't need to be taking a chance with those guys with the fancy legs anymore. (laughs) And then it'll go back to being a pocket passer game again. But one thing that it will never change is the five guys in front of that guy. Bingo. (laughs) So just remember that. You know, I mean, they they might get bigger. And not as way as much, or they might get way bigger and way a lot, but are just faster. Probably that's where it's going. You know, they're going to be six, seven, three hundred and fifty pounds and run like a four nine, which would be criminal, by the way, if that ever happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine? Oh, for sure. But what I- happens when you all those guys get that big? 
Well, you better you better start finding quarterbacks that are six five, six six, six seven to start look, being able to to see over the line of scrimmage like those guys. So you have to be careful what you wish for. Mm-hmm. Hey, Giants fans, get a New York Giants checking account from Investors Bank with a Giants-branded debit card, security features, and discounts at the Giants online shop. You can earn up to $250 when you open an account at InvestorsBank.com slash Giants, member FDIC. Uh, one thing, I, I did have a phone call uh, with uh, one of the longtime experienced and former champion NFL coaches the other day. And we were just kind of commiserating about, you know, what's going on in free agency and what's going on with the quarterbacks. And he laughed, and we kind of kind of toasted each other over the phone, saying that this past Super Bowl was the best example of all on how you have to be strong on both sides of the trenches because it was never more apparent than anywhere else. You could put it on a gigantic screen the size of the Empire State Building. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat up on Kansas City because they controlled the trenches. And it doesn't matter if you've got the fanciest video game quarterback that God has ever created. If you lose the trenches, you lose the game. And, and, he, and, he, and he and I were having a big laugh over that because so many people have lost sight of that over the years. Now yeah. some people pay it lip service, but clearly there are still some people who don't understand. The game is won and lost along the line of scrimmage, and it always will be. Well, there's a lot of people that say the old cliche, defense wins championships too. You know, so I look at that game and the defense won that game for them, but it all started up front. And I think pressure, pressure, pressure. So, mm-hmm. which leads us to, you know, what are we always trying to get the Giants to do is we need some pressure. We need to get guys after the quarterback. And, um, you know, we started the show off. I don't know what was cut off for John's mute button thing, but we're talking that, <laughs> Thanks you know, for rubbing the, it in, the, Thank you Yeah, yeah, you're the, just piling on the guy. You know, let me let me make something clear was, to you, That was Jeff. our purpose just to make sure that, that John was still there and, like, he just didn't Yeah, but Jeff, the, as my <laughs> finger hovers over your mute button, sir. He, he, he is controlling the show for the entire hour. Please be aware of that. Yes, Jeff, if you want to take shots at me, wait till like, 12, 59, 30, and then it'll be okay. Yeah, I'll remember oh. that next time after you mute me for the rest of the show. But I, I feel like, you know, when you say things, the Giants have a lot, a lot of stuff to do, um, you know, and so where these franchise taxes come in, I still think that, I still think it's an area where we got to really consider that the Giants do need that pass rush, um, and Leonard Williams brings that. Look what he did this year. So there's just a lot of things that the Giants organization and Dave Gettleman got to figure out and quickly, you know. All so. Right. Real fast, uh, just a little while ago, the Giants announced a pair of personnel moves. Uh, Front office man Kyle O'Brien, with 19 years of NFL experience, uh, gets a new position inside the Giants building. He is going to be senior personnel executive. uh, Last with the Detroit Lions, he was there for five seasons. Uh, Also has spent time with Jacksonville, has spent time with Kansas City. Uh, Oh, yeah, by the way, also spent time with the uh, New England Patriots. Uh, Not necessarily a surprise. Uh, Harvard graduate. uh, And so uh, he now joins the organization. Welcome to him. Drew Wilson is also the Giants' new assistant strength and conditioning coach. Um, He um, he's going to be replacing uh, Thomas Stallworth, who wound up getting promoted to a head job uh, with strength and conditioning with the Atlanta Falcons. Wilson was with the University of Colorado prior and does not have any NFL experience. Hey, Paul, I have a roster move here if you want to hear it. 
please, because uh, I haven't seen it yet. Well, it's not Giants. But is there it any is music NFL to related. this? Like, you know, like any kind da, of. Like... Da, 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 da. <laughs> okay, Ian Rappaport reports the Seahawks have informed pass rusher Carlos Dunlap that they are releasing him, saving $14 million in cap space. Carlos Dunlap, who was a significant key to Seattle when they acquired him from the Cincinnati Bengals last year, but had to play through some injuries yeah. uh, over the though. second half of the season, and that was a bit of an issue for him. And also, Paul, by the way, Bobby Massey, not his option not going to get picked up by the Bears, so another offensive tackle hitting the market. Just mm. another thing to keep in mind. All right. Good stuff, John. Thanks for chiming in on those things. Uh, and we do have to remind you, folks, by the way, that coming up tomorrow, Dave Gettleman and Joe Judge – are going to be having their live Zoom calls uh, with the media. And we are going to stream them tomorrow. I believe 12.15. Is that right, John? Yes, I believe that's correct. 12.15 tomorrow. Just stay locked to Giants.com. I'm sure we will have an advisory of that to be posted and if there's a change. But right now, tentatively, at 12.15 tomorrow, Dave Gettleman and then Joe Judge will have their live pressers on Zoom so you'll be able to hear it right from their mouths. You don't have to read anything anywhere else or take things out of context. We're going to give it to you exactly the way it's supposed to be. Uh, that's 12:15 tomorrow. That will also be on Wednesday because on Tuesday, it's only a call with the local Giants media. On Wednesday, the national media gets an opportunity to talk to uh, Dave Gittleman and Joe Judge. I believe that's also at 12:15. And so we will carry both of those pressers on Tuesday and Wednesday live here on Giants.com. So BBKL will be bumped to 1 p.m. Eastern time on Tuesday and Wednesday so that we may have reaction and conversation regarding the press conferences with Gettleman and Judge. And this is breaking news, Paul. My understanding is that on Thursday you're going to lock those two gentlemen in their offices and you're going to take 20 minutes with them each, right? But that's not going to be Zoomed. Is that correct? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think we need to let the rest of the world in on the secrets that they're going to tell me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The secret is how are you getting in the building? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Good question, because Jeff, not too many people are getting I in know, the building. Exactly, exactly. Although, oh my goodness! All right, nine seven three six six seven nineteen sixty. Back to the phones and Bob in Pennsylvania. Hello. Hey there, guys. Uh, just wondering that uh, when are uh, when are things going to be announced? Like the salary cap and. Uh, Things like that. We don't even know if if Williams is a tackle or an end. It's like, how do you? It doesn't seem unfair that we don't have all these numbers at this time. It's it's getting awful close to having to make decisions on this stuff. Well, if you have anxiety over this, imagine how the teams feel. <laughs> but I mean, right, we don't even know if there's going to be 17, 16 games next year. Like, when are they going to get around to any? Well, of listen, this? I I think one of the key dates here in a time, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, Paul and John. Um, March 17th is the league year. It starts on the 17th of March yeah, at 4 p.m. Getting close. So I I believe that that to answer your question, I think that as we move towards that date. Right, guys. That the things they have to be in line. We're gonna need. They need right. to know. Tomorrow is like the deadline as far as uh, when you have to decide on tagging people, right? Well, like, it may not be. This they, is they what might we talked about. Back. You know All what? Right. Maybe that was missing in the program when we had the glitch earlier. Uh, Ian yeah. Rappaport was talking about how they're they're still not uh, solid 
with what the salary cap is going to be. Therefore, they may have to move the tagging right. day. Yeah, I think I've seen something like that this morning on uh, NFL.com. Uh, yeah. I, I believe... Uh, I believe that Williams is pretty much, uh, you're going to get maybe one more year out of him. How do you know he doesn't want to go back to Southern California, play for the Chargers or something? So, in my opinion, you should sell high. Tag this guy. You're not going to be able to tag him next year and trade him. So why don't you tag him now, get what you can, and definitely try and trade Ingram. I mean, there's $6 million right there. I'd rather keep Zeitler than Ingram. And I'd and to be honest, which I'd like to get a long term deal uh, with uh, you know uh, Tomlinson, uh, you know, because I I just don't think you're going to get anywhere with getting a long term deal. I mean, right now he's coming off of a career year, and you only need one team out there to give you a number two pick for him, and you only need one team out there to give you a number three pick for uh, Ingram, our pro bowler. I mean, he's been here four years, and uh, he's shown nothing. So, so why would you, get, why would you give a two for him? around for one more year when it's inevitable he's gone anyway after next year. Bob, I, I don't know how the draft is going to shake out. Uh, more and more people seem to believe that Pitts will not be there. The tight end, Kyle Pitts from Florida, by the time the Giants are on the board at 11. And I understand that. He, he seems to have a lot of I, momentum I don't think so either, in the media. But... but here's what I will say. I did talk to a veteran offensive coordinator yesterday on the telephone, and I said to him, if I told you as an offensive coordinator that you could have Pitts – and line him up with Ingram in a double tight end set, which I have been professing now for over a month. Or you could have uh, Chase or one of the two Smurf receivers from Alabama. How would you feel? Who would you prefer if I said that those are the toys that you could choose from in your toy box? And he said, well, I've never really had a guy like Pitts before, uh, and I've had small, fast, speedy, elusive receivers before. So you could understand why I would lean that way, but I have to tell you, to be able to have Ingram and Pitts on the field at the same time, and I said, well, you remember Gronk and Hernandez, right? He goes, you're absolutely right. He said, that is a matchup nightmare. I can do so many things if I have Pitts and Ingram on the field at the same time. I can do whatever the defense, whatever the defense wants to do. I can go opposite, and I can cross them up every play. And I yeah, said, I kind of thought you would feel that have way. To catch the ball when he's wide open. Well, he does I mean, have to catch the ball. That is true. Gonna, he, has, he hasn't caught the ball uh, in four years, so I don't know why he's going to become You so know what's funny about next. that? And I appreciate the fact that he hasn't lived up to his full potential, but the production that he's actually shown since he's been in the league, he's amongst the top six tight ends in the National Football League across yeah, the board in production. He really I, is. I had, called up, I had called up another time thinking maybe he just needs a, an eye exam or something. But uh, um, also, if we did, like, I, I guess my, my feeling, Paul, is that if we could clear up 
and get some cap space. A lot of other teams are in the same spot we are, just like Dunlap was just released. We could reshape the team and use that money to get an edge rusher, to maybe get another offensive lineman or something. You, you can't keep chasing after Williams if he really doesn't want to sign that long-term contract. And yeah. he hasn't signed it in two years. Well, why is he going to do it now? You so know, I, you I know. Yeah, trade them. Yeah, I understand it. We appreciate the call, Bob. We want to try to get some more people in, so thank you, and please call again. Jeff, there's no right or wrong answer here. It's it's really a matter of how the circumstances work out. You can have a preference of how you'd like it to play out, but you really don't know how it's going to play out, and if it, if it does go another way, it just means that the Giants have another plan that we aren't aware of. Well, I think... I, exactly. I think, listen, I think the team, the Giants have, you know, they're a team that really, they put a price on something and they, a lot of times they stick to it, Paul, you know, this, they, they, mm-hmm. and they'll give a player the number that they want. And they basically, if they, if, you know, there's some negotiations in there, but, but most of the time they're only going to go so high. And so, you know, so, and is that, what is that level? Is that level the franchise tag that we're going to do one more year at what, whatever that number was going to be? Um, 17.7 million, then, uh, you know, I, or whatever it was, I don't, what, what number was, was, was the tag for him? You think, was it 17? For Williams? Yeah. It, 17? Well, Williams is going to be over 19 now. 19. Okay. Last year it was 17. Yeah. Correct? Well, he gets the extra 20% because it's a second straight so, year of a tag. To answer your question is, is that I feel like the giants are trying and trying to get this done, but if they can't, they can't. They just they and and somewhat they just but but I think what John makes a point with all of these transition all these uh, franchise guys you don't want to let them get out of the door for nothing, you know. Right. So I mean that's the last thing you want to do. And by the way, to answer the last caller, I I believe and John correct me if I'm wrong. I know you know a lot more about this than I do. Didn't didn't um isn't there three years that you could be franchised? Because didn't um yes you you can be it, franchised. It's the, the third, third year, year, right? It's but, the yeah, last the, one. The third year becomes ridiculous. Ridiculously expensive. Yeah, I okay. think it increases about what is it, thirty percent? I think. So Paul, from your second then? Tag? Yeah, I I it's thought it was like twenty or twenty five, but well, it's a ridiculous it. if, if, number. If Dak's going from thirty eight to fifty, that's like twelve. So that's probably around thirty yeah. percent, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, it, it it the the bottom line is it's so prohibitive that the third year tag just makes no sense for anybody. It never will, I don't think. Here here's what I will tell you though, Jeff. Uh, you know, I I understand it. And I still think, like, the NFL, you know, should go to the NBA, like, with those bird rights where you could go over the cap for a particular player because I do think that there's there's a lot of value in keeping superstar players with organizations for longer periods of time. I just think it's good for the fan base and it's good for the teams, but that's not the way the NFL is set up. It's not. And I will tell you this, you know, we can all think that, the guaranteed money, which they are, these 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 franchise tags, they're guaranteed. So Leonard Williams will be guaranteed nineteen million dollars, right? Which is all fine and dandy, if you make it through the, the the coming season healthy, and now go into the next season. There's always risk, and you know, so it's sometimes it's not fair to the player about the transition tag, even though that the money is guaranteed. You know, they're prohibiting him from going to free agency, which this is negotiated, by the way. It's collectively bargained that this will be the thing to happen. Yes. But it is a risk. And so a lot of the players, like Kirk Cousins and those guys, you know, yeah, they don't, they don't want to be franchised. It is guaranteed money, but, 
but for God's sake, what happens if something permanently happens? Look at all the earning potential you just lost out on for the rest of your career. So, you know, if you're a, if you're a free agent like Leonard Williams and you're going to get an, you know, a boatload of 60, 70, 80 million dollars guaranteed up front and you don't get that and sign a franchise tag and get 19 to 20 million and get hurt, possibly done for your career, you've lost a lot of earning potential. So the franchise tag to me is all great and dandy, but I I wouldn't I wouldn't want it. I want to go and let somebody pay me the money that I should be making. That's right, just let's, me. Let's Does that make sense? I don't always see things from a player's perspective, Jeff. Yeah, I, I know see, you don't. I see things a lot of time from the, <laughs> from the, from the other side of the table. Uh, let's go back to the phones. And Charlie from Portland, Maine, you are next on the program. Hello. Hello, Chuckles. Hey, hey Paul. Hey, Jeff. Hello. Hey, Jeff. I, I, I understand exactly where you're coming from. But the thing is, if they, I know they, they, can, they can lose a lot of potential income, but the income that they get for that one year – they're set up for life. I mean, they're going to be okay. So, I mean, I understand your perspective, but I also understand that that's a lot of money. But and we're not talking about, we're not playing football to be set up for the rest of our lives. We're playing football. It's a job. I know. So yeah, I hear you. Just, I hear like, you. just like the guy that works for a, a, a Fortune 500 company that makes millions and millions and millions of dollars, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it, it, he has the right to make that type of money going forward too, even though he could get hurt falling down in his office or something. I don't, I, I see what you're saying. It just, I just, I don't want to go any further because I'm going to get mad now yeah. at you, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jeff, I, I totally agree with it. I mean, I think they should make as much money as they can, but all I'm trying to say is they're not going to be, you know, it isn't like they're going to be destitute. Sure. And, sure. Oh, oh, yeah. Charlie, yeah. you've yeah, alienated all Lance already. Do you want to make Jeff your enemy too? <laughs> Come on. I'm a, little, on, hey, I'm, a little, I'm a little bit more tolerable than, than Lance is, okay? so <laughs> That's true. <laughs> what do you have for hey, us, Charlie? I, what I was going to say is I think they're waiting until they find out all the contracts from all the media people, how much money they're going to be bringing in, because I think the NFL does not want to disrupt, disrupt this year by lowering the cap so low that you get all these good veterans walking around uh, empty pockets and empty-handed looking for a team it's too much disruption so i think they're waiting until they're gonna you know pay peter to steal from paul you know what i'm saying they're gonna they're not they don't want a salary cap go up 25 to 30 million in one year so what they'll do is they'll take about 10 million or so from that next year once they find out what the contracts are less disruption in the nfl for the players and the teams and I think the cap's going to be closer to to $190 million. That's where I think they're going to land, between 190 and 195 And it's going to be not so much disruption for everybody. And uh, I, that's, I, that's what I think they're waiting for. They're waiting for to see how much TV money they're going to be getting in. And then you're going to see them, you know, coming out. Well, that's true, Charlie. That, that's been the whole idea from the get-go is that Roger Goodell, the commissioner, would be able to get these TV contracts, you know, sealed up and business could then move on. Yeah. But the bad news is it hasn't really happened that way. I believe the reports last week were that uh, ESPN was going to re-up its Monday night football deal, but they were still trying to figure out who was going to pony up the bread for Thursday night football. Well, Paul, remember, I think the only contract that's up after this year is ESPN, right? Isn't Fox right. and CBS the right. year after that? So those right. might take but, a little longer. But they're, but they're hoping to get the extensions done. Correct. That's as correct. ASAP. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Yeah. And yeah, the Thursday, so, the uh, Thursday night deal yeah. is done. I thought, John. I thought that one was up for grabs. That, yes. I well, yeah. I think that was going on a year to year basis. So that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So that yeah. one's up for grabs yeah. too. Okay, Charlie. If you got one more I, quick thing, I'd love to yeah, try to get somebody more, else got, in. I, uh, yeah, I got one more quick thing. Is uh, I, I'm with uh, Jeff. Maybe I'll get back in your good graces. I think we <laughs> should. Uh, I think we should uh, tag uh, Tomlinson and uh, okay. not Williams. And uh, I think he, you know, is going to be less money. He he's pivotal, you know, for to be in our defense, especially the run stopper. But also, he's the captain of the team. He's the glue. And uh, Williams, uh, I, I want to keep Williams, too, but they got to just hammer out a deal. they just got to get the deal done, period, and not play around anymore. It's been two years. Look, you gave up two draft picks for this dude. You should have signed him last year. You didn't do it. So sign him now. The guys prove he can play. Just give him the money, and uh, let's uh, move on from there. All right, and, Charlie. You know, thanks for the call. What? what Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. I think I think they're trying to do that. I don't I don't think that there's any reason no, I'm why sure they're, they're they tr- are. They are definitely trying to do it. It's just it's just they're waiting like Charlie said, they're waiting on a little bit more ammo. How much more yeah. money are we going to have and, you know, and we all know and I'll real quickly we'll get to one more call, but I, I feel like, you know, a lot of these guys, a lot of these teams they anticipate the cap going up exponentially every season by signing these players to to these deals and then all of a sudden now COVID hits and this is a this is a tough situation that every team is in, not just the Giants. Two, uh, it's a 973-667-1960. If somebody's got quick fingers, we'll get one more phone call in before we call it a day. Uh, Cynthia Freeland of NFL Network, Jeff, she did a proposed first-round mock draft using her computer system. Ugh. She did not predict what teams were going to do. She said that she went with all the statistics from these prospects to the actual NFL teams themselves mm-hmm. to find the best statistical fit. Yeah. So she matched she matched guys based on need. Okay? Based on need. There's so much not not so much, you know, the rumors or the sexiness of the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. She tried to match them up statistically based on need. And just FYI, uh, as far as the Giants were concerned at pick number eleven, uh Pitts was gone, Chase was gone. Uh, Devontae Smith was available, so was Jalen Waddell, and she went with Devontae Smith for the Giants at number 11. And, Paul, by the way, just just to note, when Lance does his mock drafts, he bases all of his predictions solely on sexiness. So just to keep that in mind going forward. Hmm. Yeah, well... He's a sexy guy, I guess. You know? you know what? I have a bunch of things I could say there, and I'm not going to and thank say God any we're of up, them. And thank God we're almost done with the show today. All right. So we're going to go right back to the phones and sneak in. Angelo from Bayfield, you are on line one and the final caller of the day. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. Uh, a, a couple of questions. First off, I just want to get a clarification on opting out. Players that opted out last year, what's the story again with uh, this coming year? Well, you now pick up what is left on their contract. There was a hold on it, and now you pick up what's left on their contract effective for the 2021 season. Now, of course, that depends on whether or not they want to come back. I keep telling people, I don't know what Nate Solder is doing. We've, we've heard the report that he supposedly talked to a reporter and said if the conditions are right. Well, what conditions are we talking about? I don't know what they are. No, I, I understand as far as the current players, but as far as the draft, you have players that opted out last mm-hmm. year. 
why would I want a Jamar Chase, a Micah Parsons, a Gregory Rousseau if they're possibly going to opt out again if another uh, if they have to for the next year? Now he's talking players that haven't played for two years that I'm spending a high draft asset on. Like, well, I think one of the things you need to do, yeah, yeah, you need. You need to find out why, why those guys opted out. That's part of the interview process. Well, guys, which they're not going to yes, opt out out of getting can. an NFL multi-million dollar contract. That's highly unlikely. That Don't you think, John? <laughs> well, yeah. And again, it, it, yeah. And, and plus, teams are not just going to—they're not going to be okay. This guy's. But Paul, you said it. Why? Is, is he sick? Is there something that, they, you know, maybe he's taking care of his parents that are sick? You know, but I don't – It's but think the world is getting better. This thing is getting better. So there's really – unless it's, it's really bad circumstances, there's really no reason for anybody to opt out again. And I don't think there will be. There's no way. Angelo, I don't, I don't know what else – you know, I think it has to be done on an individual basis for guys who opted out. You want to know what is their status, what was the reason why, and how do they look at well, things moving yeah, forward. I, I, yeah, because I feel like that, I feel like I should pay, uh, you know, there's some weight that needs to be, you know, attributed to that part of, of the analysis. Well, understand and this, I, right? All these guys who opted out and are in the draft are in the draft because they entered the draft. Okay? Okay. So if yeah, they entered the draft, it. then that tells you they probably want to play this year. Yeah. And it's a risk. It's definitely a Would risk. You? Would you guys, and final question on, on the draft, as far as strategy, do you think it's in their best interest, even if a guy like Pitt or, you know, one of the receivers are there, that it, you still would trade back? Because for me, I think you get really good value still um, if you were to trade back for, you know, uh, and, and get another couple picks in the draft because we only have six and there's still plenty of holes to fill and there's a lot of depth at the position that we need. So what are your thoughts on that? I think it just depends on who's there and how comfortable you would feel getting the guy you want if you did tri- if you went back. We've talked about this before, and I mean we all have different numbers as far as how far you want to go back. And I'm the one to think that five or six is probably the furthest I want to go back, right, Paul? I mean, yeah, you, you're, you're I, and I'm with I'm with you. Uh, to me, I'd probably go as far back from 11 to 15. I certainly don't think I'd go past 17. And yeah. that's even a little bit of a reach for me. But I will say I've said it before on the show. And, Angela, we've got to run, so please listen to the rest of the answer online. I, I've said many times, and I continue to say this, I'm not doing anything until I'm on the clock and I see that those premier offensive impact guys are not there. Because if, if one of those guys is there, even if it's the number four choice on my board, Devontae Smith, I'm still probably going to take him rather than make the trade unless somebody bowls me over with a great price. Sure, and they and that and somebody really has him high on their board and they want to get him, um, and they might be that they might be the Patriots or whoever those numbers those guys are at sixteen seventeen, and then you feel confident you're going to get the number you want for him, which would be a number two. Yep, and then and then all of a sudden you're confident that. Maybe it's uh, one of the edge rushers or it's a tackle or somebody that you know that will be there because you look at the teams that are above you now that you traded down and you've got them kind of scoped out. You're saying, okay, this is a team that's not going to take a tackle. They just drafted one last year, whatever. You know what I'm saying? So you do your little kind of due diligence there. Um, that's it. But then you picked, you, you picked up a second-round pick now. Okay, so you've got a 42nd, you know, and maybe that other team is now sitting there at 46. So you've got – now you've got now you've got three picks in the top forty six. So yeah, but you know what, of- Jeff? I can't make that move if one of those impact offensive guys at receiver or tight end are sitting there at eleven. Then I I can't do that. I'm yeah. only going to move down if those four guys are gone. 
Okay. I, I, I like that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That'll do it. There you go. Thank you, John. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah, well, thank you, guys, and thank you always for the callers. We and remember, appreciate tomorrow, it. 1 o'clock, folks, not noon. 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock for BBK tomorrow and on uh, Wednesday as well because the Dave Gettleman and Joe Judge Zoom press conferences will be streamed live on Giants.com beginning at approximately 12.15 Eastern time on Tuesday and Wednesday. That moves BBK back to 1 p.m. 973-667-1960 is our phone number. Jot it down. He is at Jay Fegels. I am at Giants WFAN. We'll see you next time.